State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. Marlon Nichols is founding managing partner at Mac Venture Capital, the seed stage venture capital firm that invests in visionary founders building the future that the world wants to see. Prior to Mac Venture Capital, Marlon was founder of Cross Culture Ventures and served as investment director at Intel Capital. Some of his current and previous portfolio companies include Blavity, Gimlet Media, Listener, Maven, MongoDB, and more. There's data that suggests black entrepreneurs aren't creating scalable businesses at a worthy clip, and there's reason for that that we'll discuss. While there's some truth in that concept, there's also some very successful big tech companies created by black founders. Marlon talks about a few. There, there are a number of them, right? Um, start with like uh, Squire, right? Um, you know, that, they've raised a, a lot of cash. Um, I think a multi-billion dollar valuation um, they've expanded, um, you know, across the United States and now out um, on other shores as well. 
Um, you know, you can take a company like um, Solo Funds, um, you know, which is like a, a community lending, right? Um, and they're one of the fastest growing fintechs, I think, of the last 10 years, um, given the, um, the volume of loans that they, that they process. Um, and they're profitable. Um, I mean, those are just two, <laughs> two quick examples. I mean, the platform that you're a part of, Blavity, right? And, you know, that I've been an investor in for a number of years. Um, you know, Blavity has emerged as one of the uh, more formidable media um, outlets uh, in this country. So I, there, there are a lot of examples. Like, we, could, <laughs> we can go on. Yeah, so talk to me. Why, what is unique? or what should what do we hope can be replicated in black entrepreneurs that there are more rodney williams there's more dave savants there's more morgan the bonds and like people who are creating scalable ideas because historically if you look there's this sba study i like to quote it was done back in 2012 but a lot of these statistics are still the same it's like most black owned businesses are in the bottom 20 percent for uh just revenue so 80% of our business are in, are in the bottom 20% for sales generation. So what is it about these entrepreneurs that we hope can be replicated in other black entrepreneurs that create, you know, and, and pursue bigger ideas? Yeah, I mean, there's a saying, right, that, that, that we hold there at, at our firm is that, you know, talent is ubiquitous, access to capital is not. And um, unfortunately, that access to capital is even um, less when it comes to, um, to to black founders, and I think that's the that's the delta that we're seeing, right? Um, you can't ask someone to um, sell at the same clip um, as someone else when you know that other that other person is um, you know is significantly more capitalized, more uh, better resourced, etc. Um, so, so I think that's the problem. We just need to see more capital go to more of these founders because the talent is there, right? Um, the opportunity is there. They just need the access um, to, to, the, to the capital. But I think, you know, it's the question is, all, is, a, is a bit misleading too though, right? Because revenue is not the end all be all, right? At the end of the day, you wanna make sure that a company um, is properly structured that the um, the unit economics makes sense, right? That it can uh, become a profitable company, and I would argue that while um, several of these black-led companies um, are slower to grow, they're faster to profitability because mm. they just have to be. So, so let's let's dig in a little bit there because you know pre-COVID there was conversation as persists today about not enough black founders getting enough capital in order to be infused with you know the resources and you know the artillery they need to be able to thrive during COVID, there were a lot of promises made to black founders and the black founder community post COVID, you know some of those those promises did not come to fruition some of them did but some of them did not can you give us like a a, a state of what venture capital looks like for black founders today I mean, it looks the same way it did 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. if, if we're being, if we're being honest, right? Like, yes, there were, um, we, we just came out of a, uh, call it a boom economy for, for venture and for, um, for tech founders where, um, there was a lot more dollars, um, being thrown into the space. Um, deals were getting done a lot faster. 
um, just a, a lot more spend. But if you look at the um, the ratio or the percentage of spend that that was going to these um, uh, to these diverse founders, it's the same, right? It's still the one point two five percent or whatever it is, right? So yeah, it's more money, but it's more and it's more money overall for the industry. But the the, the portion that's going to these founders is still the same. So I I don't think there's 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 much change. I mean, there's there's a lot of talk, um, and you know there are organizations that you know say they're um they're fighting for for these changes to to happen but it's um and then we're seeing minor progress but it is minor it's not fast enough um so it, it almost feels like there's no um uh, forward momentum here you know i've heard a, a few entrepreneurs who talk about look they, you know we're not looking for charity when we're coming to venture capitalists looking for dollars um, you know, in, in the VCs on the other side, to your point, you know, we'll talk a lot about it's, it's often revenue, but it's not always revenue. Sometimes it's about growth. Um, can you talk about what are the things that may be coded that we're not translating or that we could be translating actually very properly and clearly? But what are some of the um, things thrown at us that cause us to be misled? on what VCs are actually looking for when they say, you know, I'm going to pass for X reason, it could be Y reason. Um, I mean, there's no way to, to, to read someone's mind, right? Um, I, it, it, with any investment, um, there are hundreds of reasons why you could say no, right? Um, the, I think, you know, a high quality VC that's truly engaged um and and seize the opportunity we'll look at okay what are the the three things that need to go right in order for this to to um to have the kind of outcome that you know we want to see and we'll underwrite the deal based on um you know uh how likely it is to mitigate the risk uh, associated with those um with those three things um so it's you know I don't have a great answer for that for that question, right? Um, every investor is is going to be different. Some investors are going to be genuine in their feedback. Um, others are others are not. And I just don't think it's in a, a founder's best interest to you know spend time to to dissect that. The the, the bigger thing is they said no, um, and so who else do you need to what you know you got to shake the tree some more, right? And see or other trees and see if um you can get some money to fall out right it, you're not if it, it's going to be hard it's always hard to change someone's mind whether we're talking about in in our personal lives or professional lives right so if you know i, I wouldn't spend time trying, trying to turn a no into a yes i would go and find my community i go find my yes but would you say that there are things also that we can learn from those no's in order to shape our pitch? Potentially, if they if they give you that feedback, right? Um, you know, uh, and if they truly heard your um, your pitch, like you take the just let's take the race out of it for 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 a moment, right? Like investors are people. People have good days. They have bad days. They have days when they're sharper. Days when they're when they're not as sharp, right? So what day are you, um, you know, sitting in front of this this individual that's got to make this decision, right? Um, if you were there, you know, he could have just had a fight with his wife that morning, and that's what's on his mind. And so he's not 
not 100% present in your conversation, right? So what you're pitching just went over went over his head, he ultimately or her head, and they ultimately said no, right? Um, you're gonna spend your time worrying about like, okay, this this person said no, blah blah blah. Now it's different if you go and you talk to five investors, and all five of those investors say, you know what, I just don't think that there's a big enough market opportunity here. So um, now you know now you're now it's um, you're seeing a pattern, right? You, um, they're not understanding that or they don't see the large market opportunity that you see. And so why is that? And what can I, what can I shift? But I would not change my entire pitch or, you know, elements of my company because one person or one firm said, said, no, we we're wrong all the time. You know, a spot, but not just a spot, the spot actually with the 2023 Nissan frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans, to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The one million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. There's a, a line in your bio off your website that I love and I want to call out. And it says, uh, his unique eye for global and cultural trends, along with shifts in consumer behavior, has helped him uplift and accelerate entrepreneurs and companies that are on the verge of their breakthrough moment. Um, that, that line got me thinking about um, the growth of Spill and some of the comments I was reading when uh, Fonz had to put out the statement, like, look, we're embracing of black culture, you know, LGBTQ culture, you know, but we're not just for that. And I was thinking about how can he navigate and how can the company navigate when a portion of those users were like, look, we want this to be specifically for us by us, you know? And so how do you, how do you think, you know, or is there a space for specifically culturally relevant technologies to be specifically culturally relevant technologies and stated, is there a market there or, or should that even be an ambition? I mean, it's, it, um, should it be? It's up to the founders of, of, that, of that company and what they, and what they set out to build. Um, I know for Spill, they're not trying to be the best black social network. They're trying to be the best social network, right? And the way that uh, their math or their calculation is that if we build for the most marginalized, um, which also happen to be the most influential um, groups on social media platforms, then ultimately we're gonna be building for everyone, right? Um, and so that's and so that's the that's the approach, right? Along with making sure that you know they um, optimize for trust and safety, so that those marginalized communities, when this thing blows up to what it's going to blow up to be um feel like they can still have their have their voice they can say what they need to say in a safe space not be attacked um not experience uh racism or you know other other types of um you know negative things right that's what that's what spill is about right so it's building um a platform uh 
a place where you can go and um, be in your community without um, negatively impacting other communities around you. There is, if, if you ask five VCs who invest at the Steed stage, you might get four different answers on what Steed stage is. So can you, can you define, you know, at what stage you're investing in and what, and what it means financially? Yeah, I mean, for, for us, Seed Stage is, um, you know, they've built a product and they're just about to take it to market or they've recently taken it to market. Um, that's, that's how we define it, right? So it's, you don't have to be generating revenue depending on your, your type of business, right? If, you're, if it's an e-commerce business and you call yourself a Seed Stage company, you better be moving product, right? If, um, you know, if you're a marketplace and you are a um, seed stage company, you better have people on both sides of the, of the marketplace because that's the, that's the product, right? Um, there's no other way to determine if this thing um, you know, has a chance of finding product market fit if it's not doing you know, those, those things, right? Now, you're a deep tech company, you know, you're building reusable rockets. <laughs> that's a little bit different, right? I'm not expecting you to have customers, right? But I'm expecting you to have certain, certain things that um, give us confidence that you're going to be able to finish this product and bring it to bring it to market. I think that's the the difference between pre-seed and seed is um, pre-seed is closer to ideation, right? A little bit, a little bit, um, a little bit more than that, but it's closer to there. Whereas as seed, you're getting you're you're closer to launch. You're you're um, you're closer to this thing being uh, you know a real asset or a real product or a real solution about to hit the market so a lot of founders will say like look you know i have not launched yet um but i still can't get any traction what typically typically in general terms might be missing from a pitch if you have not launched yet and you consistently get no's you're probably talking to the wrong investors um you know it because you're you're clearly talking to folks that are um looking for proof points that you don't yet have. So you've got to find um, the right group of investors to start to, to pitch to, right? So if that sounds like you're probably a pre-seed company pitching to seed companies, or maybe even multi-stage um, uh, investors. And that's not, that's not what's going to do it for you. You probably need to focus on um, high net worth individuals, angels, and pre-seed funds, like legitimate pre-seed funds. I've heard a lot of VCs talk about, you know, they are investing in the horse and not the idea necessarily because you may pivot a couple of times as you try to find that product market fit. What would you say to that? Um, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? So like <laughs> that might that might be the way that they they see the world. For me, I think um, a few things have to align. Um, I have to believe that there's a uh, substantial market opportunity um, for this solution. I have to believe that there is um, a unique founder product market fit um, here. Um, and I have to believe that the approach that they're taking or the technology that they're bringing to market is substantially differentiated and will give them a significant head start. If we don't have those three things, I can't make that investment. I could, you, you could be a phenomenal founder, but my investors, like my LPs, they're not, um, 
you know, uh, awarding me with their capital to invest in something that I know is going to fail so that I have the opportunity to invest again with that founder um, in another fund that they may or might not be a part of, right? They're looking for outcomes for this fund, right? And, and I take that stewardship like very, very seriously. So I, you know, if I, if I meet a founder that I think is just a remarkable person, but what they're building just doesn't make sense and I don't think they're gonna win in that business, I'll find other ways to help them and stay close to them and make sure they know that I want to back you, but I want to back you when you're building the right thing. There is um, a, a lot of different titles that work in a venture capital firm. And if I want you to talk about, educate us on who is actually suited by and large to make decisions, like particularly to Mac, you know, are you, can you write a check without going to other people, you know, getting approvals and typically what kind of person should we be trying to get entree with in order to get, you know, actual decisions made? Yeah, different firms do it in, in different ways. Um, you know, we value our, um, like all the partners in our firm, their, their opinions, right? Like we wouldn't hire them if we didn't think they were smart and didn't value their, um, their opinions. So, um, like, you know, Danny, for instance, who works with me very closely on, on many of the deals that we do, um, you know, we're doing a deal right now that he's been tracking for for two years, um, and it's a UK-based based company. Um, he just he did the work, stayed close to it, uh, brought me in at the at the right time. I'm the ultimate decision maker, but um, again, I value his opinion, and I've been keep and he's been keeping me appraised of all the work that he's been doing to get to know this founder, this team, and this opportunity. Um, so it, it depends on, depends on the shop. Um, for us, yeah, any GP can make, um, the decision in terms of whether they not, whether or not they want to invest in, in the company. And then our partners just have to get, um, the sponsorship of a GP to, um, to get that deal done. For most startups that you invest in, what is typically the vehicle that makes the most sense? We talking about if you could describe these also, so define them for the audience, a safe or convertible node or an equity play, um, can you define those and, and both what typically makes sense for the kinds of startups you invest in? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, as an investor, the, the best vehicle is always equity, right? Because you're actually, you're, you're getting something, tangible is not quite the right word, you can't touch it, but, um, I don't have a better word right now. So you're, you're getting something um, tangible, right? Like I have specific rights. Um, I have specific protections. I, I own equity in this, um, in this company. So we've made the trade, right? So that, um, that's, a, that's a more secure way to, to make an investment. You know, safes and convertible notes, it's, um, it's a promise for equity, right? And, um, <clears throat> And during that time, while I'm holding this, this promise, <laughs> a lot of things can happen. A lot of decisions can be made um, where I don't have the ability to weigh in on. For instance, um, the company can take on a significant amount of debt. And you know those safe holders and convertible note holders, um, for the most part, can't say anything about that. 
And the way that um, the, the stack works is that debt sits on top of um, potential equity and, and equity, right? And, and so it's just, um, you have more security um, in, in, uh, when you do an equity round. Now, I get it why, you know, safes and convertible notes exist. It's just, it's a faster process and less expensive um, process for the, um, for the entrepreneurs, right? You can, uh, and also it's um, a part of what makes it fast is it's just a, a standard document. That's one. But two, you don't have to find a, um, a lead investor, right? You don't have to um, find someone that's going to put the majority of um, how, however much you're raising, right? You're raising $3 million, you know, you don't need someone that's going to put $1.5 down to, and, and say, hey, everybody else come along, right? You can get, you know, um, a, a bunch of 50K checks if you want to fill up that safe and, and, and raise the, um, the capital you need to, to move forward. Uh, and, you know, in some cases, that's just what you need to do in order to, um, to get to the next, you know, um, phase of your, of your business. But from an investor's perspective, we prefer that it's an, um, that it's an equity. For a lot, a lot of founders have talked about, you know, just in, you know, black Twitter VC and all these different things, like a lot of founders will talk about finding that first investor, that first money in that you describe. Um, you know, so if a, if a Mac venture capital is first money in, that says a lot going to other VCs. Do you have issues being first money in? No, we, um, well, first of all, it's a responsibility, right? Um, if you're gonna, if you're gonna lead around, um, because people are going to other investors are going to watch what you do in the next round of, of, of funding, et cetera. So, um, but it's, it's a responsibility that, that we embrace. Um, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need another investor to validate the work that my team is doing, right? I think my team is one of the smartest teams out there. Um, and we know how to um, select high quality founders, um, you know, building high potential um, solutions and companies. And so I'll, I'll write off that any day of the week versus, oh, XYZ firm is in, so it, might, so it must be great. I mean, you look at like um, somewhat recent news of like companies that have been, you know, <laughs> found out to be fraudulent, right? That have all these great, quote unquote, great investors in them, right? Be and they're all in because one, quote unquote, great, great investor said, this is the opportunity and everyone else just piled in. Well, now what, right? So, now I'm going to, I'm always going to trust in our work. Um, now there are, you know, groups that we definitely respect, right. But we're going to always going to do our work to make sure that, you know, what this company is saying is what it really is. But yeah, we, we lead the vast majority of the deals that we do. If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. 
State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. I, I like that you brought up your team because it reminded me of a tweet I just had to find um, when you said that if Paul Graham had tweeted this out a couple of days ago and he was responding to Paul Graham is the founder of Y Combinator and he was responding to a tweet by an intern, v, an intern VC uh, talking about how many emails he was sending per week and Paul was mentioning you know you shouldn't waste time responding to cold emails from associates they that email they sent you was one of 150 they sent that week um you talked about your team and how much work they do and i I would like to get your response or reflection on at what stage we should be paying attention like because i get emails all the time about companies that i may be involved with and how do you know what's to take seriously? I think everyone deserves a response. Um, 
now what that response is it, you know can uh can can be different right like we respond to every entrepreneur that reaches out to us right um if you reach out to me will it be me that responds to you and we have no connection probably not but it'll be someone on our team um if you send us your um your deck we're 100 gonna look at it and if it makes sense for us you're you're gonna get um, not just a, you know, a pass email, but you're going to get an email inviting you to have a conversation with someone on our team and then we'll figure out what, what goes from there. I think the same should be true for, um, for, for founders, right? Um, one, I think, you know, the idea that an associate doesn't carry any weight is, it's just a bad, a, a bad way to conduct yourself in this space. Um, because oftentimes those associates are the gatekeepers and oftentimes those associates work really closely with the general partner and that general partner genuinely trusts their, their opinion, right? Because by and large, that associate's opinion was built, um, uh, from the opinions and the guidance over probably over years from that general partner, they trained them to, um, to basically evaluate these deals. So, you know, if I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice, if you just ignore every associate that, um, that reaches out to you, because that associate might actually have the keys to the, to the kingdom and you just ignored her. Right. So, um, I, I think, again, I think everyone deserves a response. I think what entrepreneurs need to do really well is to figure out, you know, what signal versus noise. Right. Um, and, and move accordingly um, after that. But respond. There's um, a lot of talk coming, particularly out of Silicon Valley, that it, that Silicon Valley, San Francisco, Oakland is still the best place to be for building a startup. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that, but I want to preface it by saying this. And I, I wonder if a lot of that, particularly because it comes from, at least what I hear, comes from venture capitalists, some of the big ones. And I wonder how much of that is strategic for them in that the startups come to them versus them having to go do the work to find them. You know, so they create um, a pipeline and they don't have to go, you know, do what other firms have to do. So how much of that is actually authentic? And if, if it's not authentic, what is what is true? Yeah, I don't think it's not true, right? Because, you know, it's just, it's obviously it's easier to raise money when you have, you know, um, a concentration of capital around you. It's easier, right? You don't have to, um, you don't have to go that far. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, on the other side of my mouth, I'm going to say that all of the multi-stage investors that you know, are kind of storied in Silicon Valley are now setting up offices in LA and New York and Miami and all these other places, right? So it's um, it's not as true as it once was. Like you can successfully build a company um, outside of, of Silicon Valley and you can successfully raise capital from all of those firms that you want to raise capital from if you're not based there. Do I think it's easier? Sure. I mean, you can get a, it, it's easier to get a coffee meeting if you're just down the street, right? 
Um, so the numbers are, are what they are, right? And I don't think that, I don't think the idea of Silicon Valley is ever going to go away. I just think it's going to be more dispersed. Do you have a particular philosophy or thesis on the kind of startups you invest in, the industry sectors, I mean? We're intentionally industry sector agnostic. Um, it's more fun that way <laughs> for, for, for us. Now, there, you know, there are things that we do more of, right? So like, um, uh, you know, B2B software-centric companies, that's the majority of the companies that, that we'll invest in, right? But we'll invest in the occasional social network spill, right? We'll in invest in um, the occasional um, media company, Blavity. We'll invest in, you know, um, a company that's building sustainable reusable rockets, Stoke, right? <laughs> like, but the, the thing that, um, I, if you're looking for a through line, right, that through line, is something that we call um, cultural investing, which is our thesis, um, which says that if you follow the big swings um, in, in uh, emerging behavior and determine which of those um, behaviors are going to become commonplace or part of popular culture, and you invest in businesses that are moving in that direction as well, you'll end up investing in in tomorrow's next great companies. And so everything that we look at, right, has to has to have that, um, you know, that that theme running run through it, whether it's reusable rockets, whether it's reinventing the tampon, whether it's a B2B um, SaaS platform, whether it's a social network, what whatever, right, whether it's a digital health company, right, um, the, their approach, um, and and the way that they're, um, they see the world has to add up with how we see behaviors trending. There was um, a VC who I, I heard do a talk. I don't remember specifically who, but I remember the point they were making. They were talking about not having technical co-founders. And they were saying how if you're not good enough at selling somebody to come along on this journey with you as a co-founder, investing their time, investing their knowledge um, without actually paying them, then you probably need to rethink your ability to sell a market. And so I wonder what your thoughts are foundationally on the need for a technical founder or outsourced, if, if that's you know, the play for a particular business, does it matter to you? And, or, and, and secondarily, I don't always like to ask two-sided questions, but this one secondarily also, um, is, does that correlate the ability to sell specific seats on your team to specific individuals, to the ability to, you know, sell a marketplace? I'll say it's important, right? Um, I, I, I agreed with the, that person's statement up until come and work for you for work with you for free. <laughs> like that's, um, for equity know, that, yeah, or whatever, like, um, situations are, um, people's situations are different, right? So, you know, you, you try to pull somebody out of um, Google that's making, you know, a very high, uh, high salary that has a family of four that they that they need to feed to come and feed that family off of some equity. Right? <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's asking, that's asking a lot, right? Hey, hey. Um, 
Now, there and there are degrees of it. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of messing around a little bit here, but I think you get what I'm, yeah, what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. Um, you do. I always look for founders that have that thing, right? That gravitas, right? Because no great company is built by one person, right? You have to have a team, right? That's why I always talk about our team, right? Because this Mac is not just me. Mac is our, our team and we're only as good as our quote unquote weakest link, right? Um, and so if you're not, if you don't have that thing that's going to attract the talent, you're never going to be able to build that company, right? So I don't know that you need to be the person that's going to sell widgets or whatever it is, right? Maybe that's the person that you're, you're able to bring on with you, right? And that's a different, it could be a very different skill set from selling those widgets and recruiting that, that, that talent and, and having them see your vision, right? But you've got to be able to, a founder has to be able to recruit. If you can't recruit, it's not going to work because now you're just building this thing by yourself. And as I said, no great company is ever built by one or two people. How does a founder know what to raise? How much do I need? Yeah, um, it's part math, science and um, slash science and part art. <laughs> um, honestly, it's the, the, the advice I give founders is think about your next major milestones right and work backwards from there what do you need to um who do you need on your team to um to get to that milestone what do you need to spend to get to to build and to get to that milestone and and that's where you start right um and then you add a little bit maybe 10 15 20 percent to that because things never go the way that you expect them to Right, things it you you could say, oh, I can get to this milestone in a year. It might take you two years, right? So you want to have capital to um, that can stretch with you, with you as you do that. Um, but yeah, I would look at you know what's the what's the next major goal for the company, and kind of work backwards from from there. And lastly, um, obviously AI is a humongous conversation. Um, you know, a year ago two years ago it was crypto um maybe before that it was you know the metaverse i don't know so uh, you know these things come in stages but ai is not going anywhere it's been around 50 years it's even more prevalent especially in the last six months when you think about what particularly generative ai allows for um industry to move faster what particular what specifically should black techies black entrepreneurs be thinking about as we work to make strides for ourselves in in, in company building whether that be leveraging technology what leveraging the technology or building that technology what particular what what value do you see that the culture could bring to this conversation um so you know we've been investing in AI for a while now, right? Before it became you know, what it is, what it is right now, or as popular as it is right now. And I think, um, and this is one man's opinion, um, but I think there are two ways that you put AI companies in two buckets, right? One bucket is they're they're actually building new technology, right? So um, it, 
in today's world, something that is truly competitive with, um, you know, Google and, and Microsoft, right? And, and what and what what they um, they've had built. Um, that's going to be rare, right? Uh, to find. Um, the other bucket is, I think, what what we're mostly seeing, and it's adding um, AI to a uh, in a verticalized way, right? Where you're adding it to a business that um, already exists or an industry that already exists and it accelerates sales or whatever, something, right? Um, and so for me, when I'm looking at that, I'm first looking at the potential of the underlying business, right? Can this thing be successful? Forget the AI, can this thing be successful? It's just as a standalone business. And then now when I layer on um, AI on top of that, does it does the AI truly um, accelerate this business in a very significant way, right? So it's not the so it's not the AI that I'm underwriting. It's the differentiation in the actual underlying business. And then I'm just looking at the AI to say, all right, um, I, we have this thing that's that's unique and that that's differentiated, sustainably differentiated. Um, and we think that this company they get out to a head start, they can really do some damage. Now, we layer on the AI, that's like, um, you know, nitro, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're gone. And that's, that's how we think about it now. Actually, I have one more, because I was thinking about, you know, you have a very, very close ties to the entertainment industry, um, even invested in entertainment industry. And so I think about how you know, celebrities to me these days are founders, CEOs, you know, those are the people who I look to who would be the posters on the wall if I was 14. Right. And so not less athletes and musicians, um, say for a few. And so I think about the growth in representation of black founders, you know, when things like Afrotech started and when I started podcasting, we were just starting to find the names of successful black entrepreneurs and tech technologists it, we weren't on the cover of tech crunch back then which is partially why things like afrotech exist what gets you excited about the or what is important even about people knowing who morgan debon is or who rodney williams is or who marlon nichols is in that that acknowledgement inspires more people to take this route I mean, that's, you just answered it, right? That, that's just it. If, if you can, if you can see someone that resembles you, that comes from similar, a similar community, um, then you can start to, um, you can start the dream. You kind of, you can see yourself in that, in that seat, right? That, I mean, that's why it, music and, um, and sports it, it are such, um, popular aspirations for young black kids like in the hood because basically i mean today's today's a little bit different but back in the day every nba player <laughs> was black and came from the hood right football player every black football player black and came from the hood right um singers going back to motown where they come from like you know what i mean so now being able to see that oh you know um 
you know, this five foot two or four, I don't remember how tall Morgan is, um, <laughs> young lady from probably <laughs> five two. From St. Louis, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> uh, is able to build this, you know, yeah. media empire. Yeah. I can do that too, right? Is it important then for us to have public personas? Of course, of course. And that's, um, so, you know, I don't know if you follow me or others follow me on, on, on social media, but I'd say 99% of my posts are about the companies that we've found that we funded and, um, and those founders. And it's, it's to put the, 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 um, shine the light on them. Right. I don't really matter that much. Right. It's, they're the ones that are doing the, the, the work. Right. I'm just, uh, call it a, uh, I don't know, a resource, right. Um, where I can, uh, give them some gasoline so that they can, um, you know, drive those cars to, uh, you know, through the finish line essentially. Uh, so it's important to, to highlight them and for, and for people to see them because they're going to be way more founders in this world than there are investors. Right. And it, it, it that's the way it always has been. That's the way it, it should be. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. It's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Sarah Ergen and Rose McLucas. Special thank you to Mikey Davis, Vanessa Serrano, Maya Muldrew. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Enjoying Black Tech Green Money? Share this with somebody. Go get your money. Peace and love. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. 
Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.